To create means to make something from nothing, which is why only God can create. Now, I know we often speak of human beings creating things, such as great works of art, paintings and sculptures and the like. But when we do that, it's important for us to remember that we are actually using the word create in an analogous sense. Because even the greatest artist uses materials that already exist. What an artist or craftsman makes, he makes from something else, from something that's already present in the world. So only God can create properly speaking. But Jesus Christ was and is God. He's the second person of the Blessed Trinity who assumed a human nature 2,000 years ago in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That means that Jesus had the ability and the power to create the food necessary to feed all the people in today's gospel, all 5,000 plus of them. He could have done it with a simple and direct command. All he needed to do was say, bread and fish come into being. And they would have. But that's not what he did. What he did, as we heard a few moments ago, was to ask a rhetorical question and then wait for someone to offer him what they had, to give him what they had to give. And when a little boy did that, when he came forward with the help of the Apostle Andrew and gave Jesus those five barley loaves and two fish, the Lord immediately went to work and multiplied the gift. He multiplied it a thousandfold. This, my brothers and sisters, is how God very often works in our lives. He waits for us, under the promptings of his grace, to give him what we have. Our gift of time, talent, treasure, service, all of the above perhaps. And then he multiplies the effect of our offering tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold, or maybe even more. I'll give you this morning one very timely example of what I'm talking about. Last week, as many of you know, we took 50 teenagers to the Steubenville East High School Youth Conference, which is held now at URI, at the Ryan Center. It's been there for the last three or four years. As I said in my homily last Sunday, this is an annual gathering of about 3,000 teens from all over the Northeast in which they have the opportunity, the opportunity to encounter Jesus Christ in a personal way, especially in the sacraments, and to deepen or renew their Catholic faith. Now these conferences are so named because they started at the Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio in the mid-1970s. And they've become so popular over the years that now there are 17 of them annually throughout the country, and even one in Canada. 
They are popular, by the way, because they work. And I love stuff that works. They convert young people very effectively, more effectively than anything else I've seen in my years as a priest. The music is awesome. Loud, but awesome. No, in fact, really loud, <laughs> but great. The talks hit them right where they're at. They deal, the speakers do, with issues relevant to teens and their lives. And these young people have fun and get to know Jesus Christ at the very same time. But this is not the first year that we've done this. It's actually the 20th. When we started off 20 years ago, there were just a couple of conferences a year. All of them were out in Ohio on the Steubenville campus. So we had to take buses there, which incredibly often broke down somewhere along the way. We had the worst buses going over the years. And we'd have to drive for 12 hours. Usually we would leave Thursday night about 9. We'd have a mass here beforehand. Then we'd get on the buses, travel through the night, arrive in Ohio early in the morning. Taking with us at the time, sometimes close to 100 teenagers and their chaperones. And then when we were there, we would have to sleep in these big circus tents, which sometimes leaked when it rained. We have Ray Castagna here this morning. How appropriate it is, Raymond, that you are here. That poor man, the first night we were there, ever, slept in the tent. I think he thought, I'll sleep right near this big post here. Well, there was a big leak near the big post, and poor Ray slept in a puddle of water that whole night. I know he remembers that very well. And then we had to endure oppressive heat. You think it's hot here in the summer? Go to Ohio. There's no sea breeze there. Because, you see, these conferences were all outdoors at the time. No air-conditioned arenas back then. And then in the mid-1990s, when they finally brought the conferences our way, first at La Salette, now at the Ryan Center, but when they brought the conferences specifically to La Salette, we had to endure more heat and dirt and rain and mud and horrible food. Oh, remember that food? It was bad. But at least the bus ride was a lot shorter. Count our blessings there. My point, my brothers and sisters, in sharing this with you is that this trip has never been easy. Just ask Christine McGowan, who's here this morning, our DRE, who does a great job coordinating this event every year, and who's been involved as a chaperone since the very beginning. And yet, it has all been worth it. Because Jesus Christ has taken what we've done and endured as clergy and chaperones He's taken, in other words, the five barley loaves and two fish of our obedient service, and he has multiplied the effects of it literally a thousandfold. Praise God. We have taken hundreds of teens to these conferences in the last two decades. More than a few of them have entered the priesthood and or religious life. Some have become teachers in Catholic schools and colleges. Many have gotten involved in youth ministry, some of them full-time. Many are volunteering in their parishes and local communities. Many are living their Catholic faith while working out there in the world, bringing the gospel into the marketplace. 
Many are good Catholic parents who are trying to raise their children in the faith. In fact, in this regard, we had a first this year. We took a teenage girl to the conference whose mother had come with us 20 years ago as a teenager. Father Ray, you are getting old, man. Don't remind me. It's always great to encounter some of this good fruit, to encounter someone who used to come either to our youth group or to the conferences or to both with us, who's now doing something great for God and for the world. And this happens. A couple of years ago at URI during the conference, a very tall Franciscan nun walked up to me. Out of the blue, she said, Father Ray? I said, yes. She said, Father Ray from St. Pius in Westerly? I said, um, yes, uh, sister, I'm drawing a blank here. Do I know you from somewhere? She said, oh yes, I used to come with you to these conferences about 10 years ago. Oh. Well, it took me a couple of seconds, but I did recognize her. Her name is now Sister Pia, and she's living in a Franciscan convent down in Pennsylvania. But I knew her many years ago as Trish Meehan. She wasn't from Westerly, she was from South Kingstown. I think she was a volleyball player at South Kingstown High School. Not surprising because of her height. But she and her friend Jackie Bertrand used to come to our youth group almost every Thursday night, and of course they came with us to the Steubenville conferences in the summer. Sister Pia is now a nun. Jackie Bertrand is a young mother who now leads the Steubenville East group from St. Francis in Wakefield every year. See, Jesus continues to multiply the good effects of our simple offering of five barley loaves and two fish. He multiplies the effects in people like Sister Pia and Jackie Bertrand. And I'm sure the same will be the case for this year's group. In fact, it's already begun. On that note, some of our young people wrote to me the other day about their experiences at the conference this year. I'll close my homily this morning by sharing with you a few of the things they said. Keep in mind, all this was written by teenagers. How many people write teenagers off? Never do that. They can do great things for God. We only give them the opportunity if we only introduce them to Jesus Christ. One person wrote, This was my first year here at Steubenville, and it was so much more than what I expected. I had an amazing time and don't want to go home. During Saturday night adoration, something hit me, and I couldn't stop crying. It was just so powerful and emotional I honestly can say that I was so moved by the whole thing, and I wouldn't take any of it back. Another wrote, my, my experience at Steubenville was life-changing. I experienced a connection with God and an understanding of my faith I had never felt before. I look forward to extending everything I learned this weekend into my life. I love feeling like I am so free, yet so loved by God. One young man wrote, I've never doubted Jesus' true presence in the Eucharist, 
But not until Saturday night adoration did I come to the full realization that Jesus, the Son of the one living and true God, was fully and physically present. For one of the first times I truly saw and felt that I was kneeling in front of the second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Word incarnate, Jesus Christ, my Lord, Savior, and Redeemer. One girl who signed her reflection, a renewed Catholic, wrote, As soon as God sent me the sign I was waiting for, there were fireworks. Literally. That's true, incidentally. There were fireworks somewhere in the Kingston area last Saturday night. How nice of God to schedule things that way. He's a great scheduler. Another girl said, Reconciliation was by far my favorite part of the weekend, just to get everything off my chest. And I'm sure she was not alone in her perspective, since thousands go to confession at this retreat. We priests have trouble keeping up. And most of the priests who hear confessions at Steubenville will tell you that they are some of the best, most thorough, complete confessions that they hear all year. They are inspired when they hear these confessions. We priests are. And finally, this comment, which in some sense summarizes all the others, I think. Overall, the retreat is a memorable, life-changing experience that will remain in my heart forever. Over the last 20 years, hundreds of young people from our community have had experiences like this at the youth conference. Not bad for our small, humble offering to Jesus Christ of five barley loaves and a couple of fish, the little inconveniences, the heat, the uncomfortableness, all of that, the bad food, it's all worth it. What is God calling you to offer him in terms of time, talent, treasure, and service? In other words, what are the five barley loaves and two fish that he wants you to give him in your life so that he can multiply them like he did in today's gospel? I would ask you to reflect on that question during this coming week. And when God gives you an answer, resolve to act on it.